you have to believe in the veracity and trustworthiness mm-hmm. of dreams and hypnosis. Do you though? Hello, welcome to Guides the Unknown. I'm Kristen. And I'm her little brother, William. And this week we are talking about the Betty and Barney Hill UFO abduction incident. Yes. Yes, now we covered this in a previous episode, but we weren't sure whether we went over it with as fine tooth a comb as we should have. Turns out... I think it was incredibly efficient, my coverage of this in the past. So I looked it up. This is a very notable event. Mm -hmm. It is is one of the things that put like alien abductions on the map, so to speak. It it popularized them. It was one of the first like documented instances, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Now, uh, we covered it before, as you mentioned, but the episode was titled Guide to the Unknown, Episode 76, Gray Aliens and MTV's Fear. Not so easily searchable. Not easily searchable. This episode, like our early format episodes, two topics in one show. So half of it was about gray aliens, Mm -hmm. of which Barney and Betty Hill, you know, they are a great example of how gray aliens are theorized to operate. Yeah. Uh, And then the second half of the show was about a questionable reality entertainment program on MTV where people had cameras strapped to their heads and would, right. you know, go into a Spencer Gifts after dark. <laughs> I loved doing that episode. That was so fun to research. I loved that. Whatever that episode is, I recommend it. 76. Great. So, quite frankly, I listen back mm-hmm. and I talk about Barney and Betty Hill for about 10 minutes. Yeah. It is the, like, I cover it so efficiently and so quickly (laughs) yeah you really get it done yes i'm going to be covering similar ground but just like any remaster or remake what have you there's going to be embellishments here they're going to be and then my story continues after um where i left it off last time wonderful so this is like a sequel yeah to episode 76 of guide to the unknown perfect right great so uh, i'm going to begin here Mm -hmm. portsmouth new hampshire where a plaque reads in a very key location, Betty and Barney Hill incident, with a little bit of the story as this plaque marks a historic location. Fun. On the night of September 19th to 20th, 1961, Portsmouth, New Hampshire couple Betty and Barney Hill experienced a close encounter with an unidentified flying object and two hours of lost time while driving south on Route 3 near Lincoln. They filed an official Air Force Project Blue Book report of a brightly lit cigar-shaped craft the next day, but were not public with their story until it was leaked in the Boston Traveler in 1965. Kristen, that would be four years later. Yes. This was the first widely reported UFO abduction report in the United States. Cool. This is an official plaque. That's a fun thing to see when you're crossing into town. It's got the seal of the state of New Hampshire at the top. Mm -hmm. This is like a government installation marking the site of an alien abduction. Cool. It looks like it was erected in 2011. It's pretty crazy, isn't it? Yeah, it's neat. I can't really think of anything. I'm sure there are other things. Like I'm sure there's like, like a historic location for... Um, War of the Worlds. That's what I was going to say. It reminds me of the War of the Worlds stuff. I don't know if it was like government erected that way. 
Um, but when we did an episode about War of the Worlds, I went to the town that it took place in and like visited those things. And it was very cool. It, they have a plaque that's kind of like this. They have um, like a, a spaceship that's, you know, in a park somewhere. It's neat. I would I would love to go there. Yeah, it was cool. But that I almost Grover think like. Grover Mills. Yeah. Grover's Mill or yeah, something. Yeah, I think that's right. Yeah. Um, but even that, like that's like a historically significant location because it was uh, art and then it became sort of like this folklore of like people believed it and panicked. Yeah, yeah. Betty and Barney Hill, this is nothing but the story of a couple that claimed to have seen a UFO and been abducted by aliens. Mm -hmm. A highly disputed event. Right. It, it's been debated for decades since. I think that kind of event is pretty wild to yes. see commemorated with a plaque put up by the state government. I think so too. I guess it just became so famous that it like put this town on the map in a way that maybe it wasn't on the map before. It's like the thing about Portsmouth. Yeah, uh, maybe you're right. Yeah, you're, you're right. I did look up. Uh, I do have some. <laughs> I didn't. There are a lot of things I have that I didn't put in my notes. Yeah. admittedly, because I actually I discovered a few things like shortly before we started recording. Oh, okay. Um, that I think are worth mentioning, but are going to be messy because I yeah. do not have good research on them. Just mention, please. Okay, mention I, it all. I found. I, I got. I got a bee in my bonnet, and I decided to Google things a little bit differently. Yeah. I went on Atlas Obscura. Yeah. Do you know? You know Atlas Obscura? Yeah, of course. I use it all the time for the show. Oh, it's it's fantastic. Mm -hmm. It is a tremendous resource. I've got like a coffee table book. I think my brother-in-law gave it to me. Mm -hmm. um, it is, uh, anytime I go somewhere, yeah. I check to see if there are any fun places to check out from Atlas Obscura. Yeah, same. It's they a great list, resource. Yeah, they list off-kilter, you know, notable locations to visit. So I wanted to see, like, do they have a listing for this plaque? Oh, that was a good idea. They don't, they, I think they, do, their website's a little weird. I think mm -hmm. maybe they do, but he, to the point, here's the kind of thing that I'm like stoked to have found. Yeah. Betty and Barney Hill Memorial in Lincoln, New Hampshire, a gas station. Perfect. Uh, and a state sign commemorating the most famous claims of extraterrestrial abduction. Um, so check this out. This is literally a gas station. Yeah. And they have a bunch of recreations of documents and photos of UFOs. Um, but this is where they stored them. Quote, it's in the gas station's single unisex bathroom where the magic lies. <laughs> I mean, that is where the magic happens. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. If they were doing a Cribs episode of this gas station. Everybody knows. You know, sometimes people like take like a trip across the country and a big part of like that story is like, oh, I had to stop at a gas station bathroom and get the key. Right. I think a lot of these trips are really about hopping from bathroom to bathroom. Oh, absolutely. You do a tour. You want to see bathrooms across the country. Uh-huh. A bathroom crawl. So thankfully, this one has made sure that their bathroom is on theme and evidently none of the rest of the establishment. <laughs> that's so awesome. Um, I wonder if that's just from an owner. Like, you know, I'm completely making this up. Who knows? But like maybe there was a worker there who was like, oh, this is so awesome. We should theme our our entire place around this and they were like no and they compromised on the bathroom you can take the bathroom yeah the walls inside the relatively spacious bathroom are mm. plastered all over with articles about the hills and other alien incidents facsimiles of official documentation drawings of extraterrestrials photographs spreadsheets regarding alien encounters <laughs> and images from science fiction tv shows and movies so it's it's it really goes hog wild in yeah there. Although um, I, I I have been telling a slight fib because I knew this. There's an update. Okay. As of 2017. No more. The bathroom was renovated and it is now painted beige. Oh, okay. And those documents, sadly, there is no memorial in the bathroom. 
Some of those documents instead are displayed other places in the gas station. Oh, great. Because right, obviously they, they should. Why, why were they why was it relegated all just to the bathroom, which people famously avoid at a gas station? Exactly. Why, why are they grabbing all this UFO stuff? Drawings of aliens? Good for them. Good. I'm glad that they decide to scatter it throughout. Just some like extracurricular activity. I'm drawing aliens and I hang them up in the bathroom. I guess instead of having, you know, a little basket with a bunch of magazines in it, you do uh, that. Absolutely insane. Um, we record live, everybody, so you're going to have to live with me for just a second because I just looked at our live chat where I can see my wife saying, uh, Zoe and Allie are checking in. Zoe is my two-year-old. Zoe, yeah. I love you. I love you, Zoe. I hope you had a nice day. I hope you have a great night's sleep. I love you, Zoe. Love you, love you, love you. I'll see you soon. Uh, take that note, everybody. Watch mm -hmm. live. YouTube.com slash at GTTU pod. Why is that enticing to them? That <laughs> Why they wouldn't can... it be? Why wouldn't it be? Mom's here too. Hi, <laughs> Mom. They can see us Howdy. Re like, read something. This is uh, We're like a late night talk show. Yeah. Recorded in front of a live studio audience, That's everybody. Right. And in the audience happens to be my, my toddler. I love you, Zoe. Yeah. Get good sleep. All right. Okay. So let's talk about the hills and what really is said to have happened. Mm -hmm. So again. This encounter happened on the 19th of September, 1961. It happened overnight. So they always say like the 19th into the 20th. Yeah. It's a, it's a pretty crazy story. Barney and Betty Hill had been on vacation in Canada. So they were coming back from Niagara Falls. Just south of Lancaster, New Hampshire, Betty first seemed to have herself spotted a bright point of light in the sky. And later on, as they're recounting this event... Uh, and she's trying to figure out what really happened. She's like, the point of light was up there, and then it moved just to be uh, from below the moon and the planet Jupiter upward to the west of the moon is where it moved. Like, it was like a bizarre detail. You know what? Maybe she was into astronomy. Maybe. Here's something that I tried to research to get some new information on, but failed. Mm -hmm. Betty... Um, uh, started to figure maybe I'm seeing a flying saucer because her sister had seen a flying saucer oh. just the year prior. Oh, I didn't know that. Which seems incredibly notable to me that there's another encounter with seeing a UFO in the family not that long before this event and yet could find nothing about that. I think that's really notable, too. Wow. Incredibly notable. Now, we have talked about UFOs a good amount on Guide to the Unknown. Uh, just go search it up in our feeds if you want to mm -hmm. know more, even about contemporary stuff, which is why I remember that it was really just after World War II that all of this, like, spotting a flying saucer stuff yeah. started to really pop off. So we're about 20 years after that right. with Barney and Betty Hill. But... 20 years since the first time people are like, I think I saw an alien. Yeah. I don't know what the climate was like. I don't know if people thought it was super hokey by this point already or what, but like it was relatively recent memory. Yeah. That this stuff had been going on. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. It was like the generation previous. Yeah. Maybe had that real fever. Exactly. Which like, I think you know, is also Roswell notable. Happened in 1947. Yep. So this is, you know, I don't know, 14 years Four, after that or something? Yeah, you're right. It's yeah. not even 20 years. It's 14 years later right. that this event occurs. Um, okay. So she also um, convinced herself at some point that it maybe was a shooting star. She was sort of trying to talk herself out of what she had seen. Mm -hmm. um, and then Barney started looking at this thing as well through uh, binoculars. 
This barnoculars. Barnoculars is his own patented brand. That's when brand. Barney wears binoculars. He should have marketed those mm-hmm. immediately. I know. You can see your own UFO with my barnoculars. Yeah, what a missed opportunity. Buy them from me. <laughs> um, he started being like, well, maybe it's an airplane, right? Mm-hmm. Like it, it, it could be traveling to Canada, you know, right. where we just came from. Who's to say? But this is when uh, the worm turned on thinking, like, I'm seeing a shooting star. I'm seeing an airplane. And I have to say, like, you have talked about how, like, you have you do not like it in movies where something is so gigantic. Yeah. Where it's like Godzilla turns and sees you and is coming toward It's inescapable. Yeah, I experienced this recently. I can't remember what it was, though. This, this really struck me uh-huh. on this go, looking up this information. They stopped fantasizing about shooting stars and airplanes when the craft turned and started to come down toward them. Yeah. Like the eye That is very scary. You think you see something way up in the distance and you like maybe pull over and look at it with binoculars and then it almost clocks that you're it watching. It sees you. And starts coming your way. It makes it seem omnipotent and like inescapable, I would think. Because yeah. what the hell is that thing? Mm-hmm. We don't understand what it is. There's stuff about aliens in the media and stuff. And they're obviously really scary. They have powers that are beyond us. Right. And this has fixed its eye on us. You don't want the attention. It's vengeful eye. It is. I've also got a bit of a thing about, and I think about this with ghosts mm-hmm. sometimes. I think that maybe it's even said in the sixth sense and that's why it's in my head the idea of like if you can see a ghost most people can't right and so the ghosts notice when they've been noticed yeah because it's unusual to them it's unusual for somebody to be sort of like following them with their eyes Mm -hmm. so the idea of like a ghost just being like oh you can see me yeah what and then focusing on you and coming after you yeah because they're like well what's your deal you can see me and nobody does and also maybe like you're the one so they're gonna be yeah. very attached to you and be kind yeah. of like stalking you and hooked on the fact that they can actually communicate with someone yes or vengeful no Yikes. one's supposed to see me yeah pissed not liking it which is where i think the jordan peele movie nope is I know. kind of when, interesting in all of this. Yeah, when you were talking about the things, seeing them and coming after them, that was what I thought about. Yes, there is a, a gigantic like motif about eye contact mm-hmm. in uh, the Jordan Peele movie, Nope, which is obviously market. I, I, I'll try not to spoil it. I think it's been out long enough, but I'll, I'll try to avoid it. But yeah. like, there's like a, a whole thing in that movie about, you know, what, you know, this like uh, alien encounter mm-hmm. type thing with a flying saucer. Right. And the idea that it might be something that's like, as you know far away as the clouds oh it's coming right for us yeah how are you gonna get away from that i know so scary did you hear by the way that he has two movies coming out in 2024 i knew he had one there's one that's coming out in september and then one coming out in december Ooh, i hope they're related to each other i know that'd be pretty cool i know i'm very curious that's pretty close september december yep a good three month gap unless i'm much mistaken now, now I'm questioning myself. Mm, unclear. Well, it would be cool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Think about it. Think about it, Mr. Peel. I know there was a September, December thing going on. Maybe it's like September 2023 and then December 2024. Just saying, work it over in your mind. Feel free to reach out, Mr. Peel. Something to think about. We're, we're, we're all about this. Yes. Um, all right. So they start driving away as this thing is descending on top of them. Eventually... Uh, so close that it is all they can see through their windshield. Oh my God. At what point does your denial of being like, I can get away from this just stop where you're like, I may as well just 
put the car in park because this thing has got us. Right. Yeah, why keep up any sort of charade that I'm getting away? Yep. Uh, here's a quote from Wikipedia. It reminded Barney of a huge pancake. Oh, okay. Okay. Wow, I'm glad he had the pe- pleasant, I mean, the presence of mind to think about something pleasant. I know. In that moment. Maybe he was a little hungry. Point of comparison. <laughs> yeah. He needed a snack. <laughs> you know what that reminds me about? Like, just like yeah. Actually, out. a pancake. Actually. As they're driving. Yeah. <laughs> Betty, you know what? Actually. Pancake, right? Pancake. <laughs> It's not so bad. Right? Yeah. Oh, Barney. Barn. They get sucked up into an alien <laughs> yeah. craft. So, and they do, by the way. Right. Uh, so Barney steps out of his car and approaches the object. The jig is up. They've been caught. About 8 to 11, there's a lot of people. Uh-huh. Humanoid figures are peeking out at him from the craft's windows, just watching him. All but one walk away in unison so now there's just one that's left behind still watching and barney says that somehow it communicated with him and he referred to this interestingly as like a transference of thought Mm -hmm. so it almost seems like this maybe was some sort of a um an e sp yeah a little psychic communication Uh uh-huh stay where you are and keep looking keep looking what the hell does that mean there's an interesting theme in the Barney and Betty Hill uh, encounter, which seems like they were almost requested to witness things. I mean, literally yeah. that quote, stay where you are and keep looking. But there's also a whole thing later where they show Betty Hill a map and she tries to remember it and then communicate it to human beings later on. They at some point, I think, gave them some sort of like a book or like a document and they're like, you can keep that. It's almost like... Th- Only to later recant that and ta- and be like, sorry, you're not allowed to have that. As if there's like a boss that's like, did you right. give them... You didn't give them the book of alien You weren't supposed secrets. to do that. You have to get that back. You gotta get, can you get that back? It's going to be awkward, but you got to ask for that back. I don't think I'm thinking of the right word, but it, it's almost like they're prophets or something. Like, what is it when somebody is given information to Wit- come back yeah. and tell other people? Like a witness. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I can't I, think of the word, but... Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I definitely know what you mean, though. Like, you are you are selected to right. be... I mean, we talked about it last week with Moses, right? Like, go up to the burning bush and I'll give you the Ten Commandments. <laughs> I would not have expected that sentence to come out on this show. What? We talked about it last week with Moses. I know. Like, it, it doesn't, doesn't it, usually... it makes us seem like such, like, edutainment or, <laughs> no. like, like I know. It's because we're... material. Yeah. I know. It's because we were talking about Indiana Jones. But, yeah, hell yeah. yeah. <laughs> hell yeah, we were. Yeah, we were. And it slapped. Mm-hmm. We'll do it again, too. Absolutely, <laughs> oh, we'll do it again. Oh, 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 I'm going to do it again. Go see those monkeys. Woohoo! So... Uh, the beings were wearing glossy black uniforms and black caps. Okay. Which is weird. Yeah, not, not exactly the usual alien gray description. Yeah. So Barney, who has been witnessing this, mm-hmm. now runs at the sight of them, like, lowering a ramp. Yeah. To come out. It's running away from aliens and fetish wear. <laughs> yeah, basically. <laughs> he runs back to the car in a hysterical state telling Betty they're going to capture us. Oh, man. Which is horrific. Uh-huh. Just the certainty of that. Right. There's nothing that we can do about it. We are about to be taken. Oh, my God. Uh, they start trying to drive away at high speeds. The car- the craft hovers above their car, and they hear a sound. A series of beeps, buzzes. The car vibrates, and a tingling sensation passes through their body. This is when their lost time occurs. Mm-hmm. So essentially, they had, like Mothman or something, they have a high-speed chase with this thing. Yeah. And they lose. Um, and when they next come to, 
they are somehow 35 miles south of where they had been and hours have gone by and they do not know what happened to them. That would be so scary. So that this, there's a little bit more of like the stuff that is said to have definitely happened. And you know, listen, we're talking about a UFO encounter and I'm going to take it at face value. Yeah. Yeah. So Barney and Betty Hill said that this happened. Yes, exactly. Okay. Something happened in the woods that night. Mm -hmm. I, I don't know. Right. But once other people start getting involved, maybe that's the delineation. Mm-hmm. Barney and Betty Hill alone said that all this stuff happened. And they'll right. go home and like, they'll be like, they, they go over the events together to be like, what happened tonight? Mm-hmm. What did we see? What what went on? Um, Betty is said to have noticed that the clothes that she was wearing had rips in the seams mm-hmm. and that some sort of a pink powder was on some of her clothes. Hmm. She went to like throw away her clothes at some point only to be like, oh, I should maybe keep that. Yeah. And that pink powder is said to have been studied. Huh. But like I, I found no information. No yeah, yeah, yeah. like I've got nothing on that aside from the seems like somebody a said it happened. I know it seems gigantic. Yeah. Um, but no. Huh. Um the next day they reported the encounter to the Pease Air Force Base, which was then forwarded to Project Blue Book, which is the US Air Force's uh UFO research product uh, project at the time. Yeah. Um Ten days after the encounter. So now now we're into the realm of other people are starting to get involved in the story. And according to this plaque, none of this information would be known publicly in any way until four years later. Yeah, that's interesting to me. I guess I kind of assumed that it happened. Like, it became big. Immediately. Simulta- yeah, not simultaneously. Immediately, yeah. Like, local couple says they right. were abducted by UFOs. You can picture the headline or something like that. But I guess it was in, like, government hands and kind of kept quiet yes. for those four years. That's my understanding. And yeah. they didn't want to talk about it publicly, which is, for my from my perspective, usually the kind of story that I'm inclined to want to believe in the most. Yeah, it gives it a little bit more credence that you can't just go, oh, they did this purely for publicity, possibly, or something. The like, big, the big... Four years is a long time to wait on something like that. Absolutely. The big currencies that I, I always get sort of curious about in stories like this are literally money, mm-hmm. right? Like, is there a book to be sold or yep. something? But then the other one is attention. Absolutely. Like so many people, and I and I get it, so many people want to have their thing, their 15 minutes of mm-hmm. fame, uh, their time in the sun. And it might even, it might not be um, straight up selfish on the face of it. It might be like a kernel of what happened to them happened. And then there are embellishments over time. Yep. We're social creatures that we communicate through storytelling. Did they say like we saw something in the woods and then the ball was rolling and bit by bit it became I was abducted by a UFO? Yeah, completely. Like think you about know? how many times and how many people have like had something that is that but on a much smaller scale, like yeah. a kernel of a thing that's real. And for some reason you're feeling awkward at a party yeah. and you sort of like zhuzh it up a little bit and then that becomes the story. You don't want to be weird and admit it. So you just keep rolling with yep. it. It. You know, it's totally possible that things like that happen, but on a much larger, more public scale. And people are just like, I'm in it now. Absolutely. And not only not only just being like, well, I can't admit it now, Mm -hmm. but being like, maybe that maybe that kernel of truth got out of control through one conversation. And they're like, I bet this is what happened. You go, yeah, it is what happened. It was aliens. Right. And then the gears of like attention and publicity and money and books start And turning. then you could start relying on that, yeah. especially if it's something that is super public and maybe you do start to get money from. Now, how the hell do you unravel that? <laughs> Actually. It's become like your job. This is this is funny, and I'm not going to say it on this show, 
Okay. I'll tell you. All right. I'm not going to say it on the show, which is going to be very unfun for the listeners. Sorry, everyone. Brian Quinn from Impractical Jokers Mm -hmm. is part of the podcast. Tell him, Steve Dave. Yep. And they have a Patreon that I'm a member of. He revealed something. He he revealed a lie that he told (laughs) on which a lot of his career (laughs) is later built. Yeah. And so revealing the lie is almost to destabilize the entire house of cards of his <laughs> career, which is very funny and very interesting. That and is I, funny. And I'll tell you about it later because it's great. All right, great. But like, it's the same kind of thing. Like, yeah. you tell a little lie to, to maybe because it's partly like what you wish you had done or mm-hmm. wish had happened. And then you're just off to the races. Right. Off to the races. Yeah. Okay. It's hard to put that toothpaste back in the tube. Exactly. So other people are involved now. We start doing crazy things. Barney and Betty Hill start being all about dreams, mm-hmm. hypnosis, yeah, and like analysis of like I don't know, like I don't know, all these things where it's like I believe in therapy, I mm-hmm. believe, but like trying to plumb the true things that happened to them that night through being psychoanalyzed. It's, it's very um, controversial or like debated the idea of like re- uh, retrieving like repressed memories and things like that yeah yep 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 so here we go here here's a big wild one Mm -hmm. betty hill's been having dreams all right she brings him up to barney and he's kind of like okay i don't know what do you you want me to do about that um (laughs) all right all right all right all right all right (laughs) 10 days 10 days after the alleged ufo encounter betty began having series a series of vivid dreams which continued for five successive nights Um, she stated that she experienced them with a degree of detail and intensity she never had before. After the fifth night, they stopped and never came back, though they occupied her thoughts during the day. When she mentioned them to Barney, he was sympathetic, but not too concerned, and the matter was dropped. Yeah. In November, she starts writing down the details. In one dream, she and Barney encountered a roadblock and men who surround their car. She loses consciousness, but she struggled to retain it. Then she realized she was being forced by two small men to walk in a forest at night and of seeing Barney walking behind her, though when she called to him, he seemed to be in a trance or sleepwalking. Hmm. The men stood about five feet to five feet four inches tall and wore matching blue uniforms with caps similar to those worn by military cadets. They appeared nearly human with black hair, dark eyes, prominent noses, and bluish lips. Their skin was a grayish color. She and Barney were taken to their car, where the leader suggested that they had to wait to watch the craft's departure. They did, and then resumed their drive home. Hmm. This, is this some sort of a remembrance of that evening? Is it corrupted with your brain trying to make sense of something otherwise impossible? Mm -hmm. In there, it says that the dream was, you know, they brought me to their car. Okay. Yeah. Car, is that her mind trying to make sense of spaceship? Right, like rationalizing it. Just turning it into vehicle. Mm -hmm. And the most digestible one she could come up with? Is a car. Car. Yeah. Um, Barney Hill was said to have seen those aliens wearing glossy black uniforms and little silly caps. Right. She turned it into blue uniforms like they were in the military. Is that what it was? Or is that her brain doing mental gymnastics? Right. Or... Could it be that that is actually what happened because the aliens were appearing to them in a form that would be most familiar to them? 
So. They got silly, like <laughs> shitty cop uniforms from like Party City. Yeah, and they got like a Volvo. Or I would whatever. love to see a gray Cause... alien, that giant head with a little cop hat just perched <laughs> on top. Maybe a little jauntily to the side. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I know that there is an idea in kind of like uh like high strangeness sort of circles about things from other realms or whatever, not necessarily like extraterrestrials from another planet, but maybe things from other dimensions kind of communicating in the way that, you know, like speaking our language. Like, for example, it was in that documentary Hellier that we've talked about before um, that there was a book by John Keel, who's the guy who wrote the Mothman prophecies. Mm -hmm. um, And he wrote a bunch of other books about this sort of stuff where he said that a lot of encounters with strange things were accompanied by, I believe it was the sound of a, a car door slamming, oh. weirdly. Like a bunch of people just separately would be like, and I heard this sound that was like the sound of a car door slamming. And the people who um, made Hellier, who were investigating a bunch of weird stuff, um, heard a sound that sounded to them like somebody locking a car, like a boop boop kind of sound, like when you lock a car. Yeah, yeah. And that was before they had read or remembered this thing about from the John Keel book. Like then later somebody on the team was reading that, saw the thing about the car door slamming and in a talking head kind of just like wondered, hypothesized, could this boop boop sound be an update of the car door slam sound? Like back in the day when yeah, he yeah, was yeah. writing these, which was like the sixties and seventies locking your car didn't have that sort of sound. It, it sounded just like you were closing a door. I don't know what the significance of the door closing right, is right, all right. At, at all. But, but do they serve, like, serve the same sort of like function and purpose? Yeah. And it's just sort of like updating to be relevant to the person who is receiving this information. I mean, I still close my car door, even if I have the boop boop. Sure. Of course. Don't we all? Uh, but, you know, just theoretically, it's just kind of an interesting idea. <laughs> it is very, very interesting. But, uh, yeah, I, and I wonder, because, yeah, she turned this into a car. And, well, now I'm making a, you know, now I'm no, making an assumption that like... she turned it into a car in her mind. But yeah, it is weird. Yeah. It's very, very weird. Or they presented to her as a car initially. But so, and because it was an alien thing, yeah. they sort of compounded it with all the alien images that we see in pop culture. And they were like, oh, it was actually a ship. And if the aliens were reading this newspaper, they were like, no, we went to all the effort to present as a car. Why are they saying that we landed in a spaceship? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, we, we tried to turn our sick interstellar vehicle Hell into like yeah. a shitty Buick. Yeah, and we were wearing like sweet latex. We went through all the trouble. We had to powder up to get into it. And, and then she says that we're just in cop uniforms. We're looking all good yeah. and all live in our right. skin tight black latex. We couldn't be shinier. They don't even talk about our little caps. Yeah. I put on a special hat. Come on. Yeah, man, my mind is like going in a million directions now. That's interesting, that car thing. It's fun to think about. Um, so let's get into hypnosis now. Let's. I found this out, and I thought this was notable as well. When the Hills started talking to the Air Force, they requested to be hypnotized. Yeah, I knew there was something going on with hypnosis and them. That's a thing. Oh, Big time. Yeah. Big, big, big time. Did they like semi put it on the map as in like getting regressed memories from hypnosis? Oh, I don't know. I, I don't, don't know. know about that. But I do know that they were separately hypnotized mm -hmm. and asked questions by an individual. And then their, their sort of like under hypnosis stories sort of seem to corroborate each other. Widely, widely disputed. And the reason mm -hmm. I brought up them initially requesting to be hypnotized they had, when they went to the Air Force, they talked to Captain Ben H. Sweat. Okay. They asked him about hypno hypnosis. 
he cautioned them against it. Mm -hmm. Saying essentially that it's not reliable. And if you are being hypnotized by somebody that's not like, you know, trained to do that sort of thing, it's it's going to be worthless or, or you know, but like. Yeah, I, I mean, like people aren't going to take it seriously. It's, yes. It's like a polygraph test is now kind of, I would think. Totally. Yeah. And so, but like I found that like super duper interesting that like they wanted to be hypnotized and they were told like that's going to be worthless like mm -hmm. don't do not do that yeah and yet they still like went for it i could know? see it you know again just assuming that all this is real i could see a desperation to like if Understand. it might work i know let's give it a shot i know and this is where i also like ride this like skeptic line in my head as well where it's like the two of them the day after this like there's a moment where it's described that like when they're home they sort of keep going over the events together mm -hmm. now this could be and I, I really can see this play out two different ways, like watching yeah, Clue or something. Yeah. You see the same event through two different lenses. One is them, a couple who have experienced the same puzzling event being like, what do you remember? What happened? Mm -hmm. What happened to us? Yeah, and trying to understand it kind of. Yes. Or two people in a room going like, all right, so like, what do you think like we should say? Like, let's get our story straight. Let's get our story straight. What yeah. do you think we should tell people? Yeah. Because like, it's kind of cool, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. I, I, I don't I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Here's but here's here's another big important detail here. Under hypnosis, Barney and Betty Hill drew things. Mm -hmm. One of them for Barney Hill was a drawing of the alien, which is wild. I'm gonna attempt to put it on the screen, you know. It kind of looks like the Grinch. Yeah, it does look a little bit like the Grinch. The drawing, yeah. You, you can barely see it in our video version, doesn't matter. He mm -hmm. drew it almost looks like that leprechaun sketch. Yes. Yeah. The Mobile Alabama Leprechaun. Yeah. Everyone who's seen the Leprechaun say, yeah. Yeah. So he drew like a, a like an almond shaped head. Mm -hmm. So a little hat on its head. The eyes, they look like Venom. Yeah. From the movies. Yeah. Like the, right. the eyes are super long. They like swoop in. They like. They're like diagonal moving up. Yeah. Yeah. So this was pointed out. Um, in a 1990 article that Barney Hill's drawing of what the alien looked like under hypnosis mm -hmm. looks very similar in theory, his point. I don't know. I actually don't find it that similar. I agree. I agree. <laughs> yeah. But there's, there's more to it than just how they look. Yeah. There was a show that aired called The Outer Limits mm -hmm. and they showed aliens which themselves seem to have like very long eyes. Right. Right. Now it's not just does the drawing look like the the image from the TV show. Mm -hmm. Here's what is significant, um, and and it's a quote I think from somebody's report. Um, there was a TV show, a person familiar. What's that? Oh, I thought maybe that was what you're looking for. Sorry. Oh no no no. Um, so uh, the resemblance is interesting, but. Barney first described and drew the, quote, wraparound eyes during the hypnosis session dated February 22nd, 1964. This show mm -hmm. aired 12 days earlier. Yeah. So people are saying, like, it, almost like just being like, was it some, had they been, like, whether or not they experienced this abduction event is, like, one thing. Right. Everything that comes after dreams and hypnosis yeah. is a whole different animal, mm -hmm, right? Absolutely. Like to, to believe everything about the Betty and Barney Hill uh, incident, you have to not only believe in UFOs 
and aliens who abduct you. Mm -hmm. And like, there's also discussions of them like studying Betty and Barney Hill, a very frightening description from Barney Hill about the alien. All he can remember is eyes pushing against his eyes. Oh God. Like they're face to face and eyeballs are pressing against him, which could be again, under hypnosis, Mm -hmm. uh, an interpretation of everybody was studying me. Right. Is it literally eyes pressing against you or mm-hmm. is it a manifestation yeah. of people watching you closely? Right. So you have to not only be able to believe all that, you have to believe in the veracity and trustworthiness mm-hmm. of dreams and hypnosis. Do you though? I don't know. Because they are two separate things. There is the event itself and then there's the you know dream work and hypnosis and everything. Yeah. But there was an account that they gave to, I guess, Project Blue Book that existed without all of those extra things, I would think, right? So I Presumably. I would imagine that somebody could hang their hat on that account just straight up of the incident without having to believe all the other stuff that's kind of out there. Yeah, I mean, that's 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 an interesting point. Yeah, uh, I, I, I don't know. I yeah. don't know what the ended up in the government right. books. And certainly today we look at UFOs a little bit differently than we ever have, especially mm-hmm. because... There have been all these reports about like UFOs yeah. being cited and the government just being like, yeah, we need to study those more, huh? I know. That's like, you guys don't have a handle on this? We, I know. we assumed, just so you all know in the government, we all assumed that you were keeping back mountains of information where you definitely know what's going on. I thought you had this. You're coming out saying you're not quite sure? Right. Excuse me? It's very nuts. What happened to Betty and Barney Hill? I, I don't I don't really know, but that's mm-hmm. what they said happened. Yeah, and then a ton of fallout of them being studied forever, right? Um, and it never ever, in my opinion, being definitively stated. I what don't think went it on. can be. Once you get it, for me at least, from and this is the Betty and Barney Hill from story from my vantage point. Mm-hmm. Once dreams and hypnosis come into it, it for me it becomes so murky. Yeah, so murky. There's well, almost especially... nothing to. To hold on to right. firm enough to be able to get a real good look at the thing. Right. Because at least a lot of, if not all, I, I really literally don't know, but of the public information that we have about it was gleaned from those sessions. So yes. I can also see how it's like intertwined. I, I get what you're saying. Like you have to believe it all. I just wonder if there can be any separation of those two. But yeah, it's. Yeah. So I, I want to leave you with this, actually, because mm-hmm. this is this is kind of cool. I mentioned that Betty also drew something in, under hypnosis. Betty started talking about how they showed her a map. Mm -hmm. And when she described it, it was a three-dimensional map of like stars and planets. And they were basically saying, this is where we come from. Yeah. So she later tried to draw the map that they had shown her. Now, they seem to have showed her almost like a hologram or some Star Wars type thing. Yeah, like when Tony Stark like pulls something up from the table. Yeah. (laughs) And it like expands the room. Yeah, Yeah. They showed her that. And then she had to draw it on a napkin. Right. What? I don't know. So she did the best she could. Sure. And then uh, people started getting involved. Again, once it's like it stops being them. Yeah. And it becomes hypnosis drawing. And now a person interpreting hypnosis drawing. Yeah. I start to, my eyes start to blur. Yeah. So uh, a, a person started to investigate that map. Marjorie Fish. Mm-hmm. And she determined that the map drawn by Betty Hill resembled... An area of stars in the night sky, Zeta Reticuli. Mm, two planets, yeah. Zeta Reticuli 1 and 2. This entire incident is also known as the Zeta Reticuli incident. Maybe that's why. Yeah. 
So she goes, no, 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 that map under hypnosis, it's a real place. Yeah. Is this where they were from? Interesting. So I'm going to leave you with maybe the most awesome source. This is the thing that I found shortly before we started recording Uh that I think begs a closer look, but it's almost just like pure entertainment. Yeah. There's a magazine called Astronomy, Mm -hmm. straight up astronomy. You've probably seen it at your Barnes and Noble. Probably. They (laughs) published, fascinatingly, they published an article about when they originally published an article. Oh, fun. About this event. Yeah. It was December 1974 when the then uh, editor of Astronomy Mm -hmm. published a story about Betty and Barney Hill. And within months, he was fired. Oh. The the article was roundly mocked. Yeah. I mean, I guess if it's in Astronomy magazine, which sounds like it must be kind of academic. Yes. Science, science, science magazine. I mean, I guess. Who knows what the article was like? But I was going to say, you can look at it from a, an academic lens, you know? Oh, you could. Yeah, but I guess he didn't. No, yeah. <laughs> no, not from anybody's uh, perspective. Right. Here's how it begins. A faint pair of stars, 220 trillion miles away, has been tentatively identified as the home base of intelligent extraterrestrials who allegedly, allegedly visited Earth in 1961. Editors note, by no metric is this true? Outside of conspiratorial circles. Okay, so... This article that I found, the modern day editors reposted this and inserted all of these parentheticals where they will go like... Like the person I just showed you Mm -hmm. who looked at the uh, Betty Hill map and was like, yeah, no, this this is part of a real place, Zeta Reticuli. Yeah. In this article, they point out that once she said like, this is a real place, she would later study it again and be like, I think I was mistaken. I... Oh... I think I got it wrong. Oh, interesting. But nobody points to that. Yeah. But in this astronomy it's article fun to... where they sort of like have all these footnotes. and It's like reading the Stephen Colbert book yeah, where yeah. you can read the book, but then you can also read all his notes in the margins and all of his like footnotes where he redacts things or contradicts yeah. himself. Yeah. This... Or the Twin Peaks books. Yeah. The yeah. Twin Peaks dossiers. This reads like that because yeah. they'll be like, this scientist uh, uh, was a skeptic. And, and was won over by Barney and Betty Hill. And then it'll say, like, in notes, it'll be like, yeah, this guy, yeah, he later said he was lying. Right. You know, like, it'll say stuff like, like that. The you Arrested know? Development narrator. Yes. Yeah. He wasn't. Right. He said that it was completely true. It he wasn't. didn't. Yeah, whatever. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, it's totally like that. It's mm-hmm. super fun. But that to me, fun. where the true joy of it lies, like everything else, is like something happened somewhere. Yes, and then everyone's been talking about it to this day. Yeah. And no one has any idea, but the government put a plaque where it happened. Right. Hell yeah. I mean, it is of significance, whether it's something that actually happened or not. It's a significant event for this town. So Significant to me. Yeah, me too. We've been here talking about it. Come on. Clearly we care. You know how else it's significant to, Will? Who? Ryan Sprague. Oh, come on. From Somewhere in the Skies. Come on. Come on. So if you don't know about Somewhere in the Skies, it is an awesome podcast. I dare say that Ryan Sprague is awesome is an awesome resource. You've talked about Ryan Sprague quite a bit. Yes, I have. Because if I have a question about this sort of stuff, I'll shoot right on over to his Twitter because he might have a comment that helps me parse it out or whatever. And uh, we want to make sure that you know his story. Yes. 
It all started when Ryan Sprague saw a UFO as a child, and he's been searching for answers ever since. And he wants you to continue the search with him on the Somewhere in the Skies podcast. Every week, Ryan explores the unknown through current news, case histories, special guest interviews, and through audio documentaries. He also, if you liked hearing about Betty and Barney Hill's uh, experiences, he also has a lot of episodes that are just UFO witness stories, which is very I neat. love that. Yeah. I absolutely love that. Mm-hmm. I also think it's cool that like you've essentially made contact with somebody that you have turned to as a voice of... Yeah information and clarity mm-hmm. and uh he's got a podcast that we can rep i know Hell he yeah. knows his stuff and i don't so you know turn over to him so want to hear about a harvard professor who has studied several interstellar objects that he believes could be extraterrestrial vehicles mm-hmm. how about an in-depth discussion with the former head of the secret pentagon ufo program did our flag means death's very own Rees darby's have a brush with the unknown or want to know what it was like for Reggie Watts to ask two former U S presidents about UFOs and alien life. All of these questions can be answered with yes. Yes. Reggie Watts asked two. which ones do you think it was? I'm going to say Jimmy Carter <laughs> and Taft, the ghost of Taft. Was he still stuck in the bathtub when he asked him? Yes. Yeah, that's how he could ask. Please get me out. Yeah, we'll talk about it afterward. I'll get you out of the tub after you tell me about aliens, Taft. What's going on? Uh, These are just a few of the guests you'll hear from. Or do you have a UFO story you'd like to share? This is the safe place to do it on the Somewhere in the Skies podcast. That's right. New episodes release every Monday wherever you get your podcasts and follow them on Twitter at Somewhere Skies to learn more about the show. You can also go to www.somewhereintheskies.com. Get on the level. Go check it out. Go do it. Yep. All right. Uh, We also just need to make sure that you know about our Patreon. Oh, yeah. Did you know? Look, we're not experts particularly in any sort of thing however we also have stuff to share yes and it's over on patreon.com slash pod we have dozens and dozens of episodes over there we have a number of different tiers that you can check out and see what works for you and we have a discord where people are chatting every single day being nice to each other yeah supporting each other yes giving recommendations for stuff to read watch listen to It's completely awesome. And all of that you can find over on patreon.com slash pod. And thank you so much to everybody who's over there right now. There's a whole second podcast that we do that's only on that Patreon. Mm -hmm. The most recent episode, Kristen and I take a look at two different series, movie, I don't know. It's weird to say. There was a Clue game from the 80s that had a VHS tape where they would dramatize, you know, Colonel Mustard and and Professor Plum as they scheme to kill each other and stuff. We used to watch it as kids. Found it. We watched some of that. So awesome. I also may have placed an order for that game. Mm -hmm. Maybe there's more to come from that in the future. Yes. But on top of that, we also looked at an episode of a show called MathNet. This was an educational program for kids to (laughs) learn math, but... There's a specific episode we must have recorded off of TV or yeah, like I mean, mom or dad did. And it's because it was the 90s, mm-hmm. like 92, if you had that on tape, you watched it a million times. Yeah. Man, it was like a, a flood of memories watching this thing. It shot me back into the past. Wild. It is yeah. a whodunit clue-esque themed episode where people are kidnapped. Mm-hmm. In my child brain, they were definitely killed. I mean, they definitely 
That's the implication yeah. or the vibe. And it has a pretty mind-blowing finale. <laughs> a very mind-blowing math-based finale. I ended up yeah. watching the whole thing. Did you? Yeah. Will put it, it's public. Yeah. Um, we'll put it on our YouTube, youtube.com slash pod. So this was a thing that was a segment of a larger show called Square One. And so this MathNet thing, this episode was parsed out in like 15 minute segments. We'll edit them all together in one seamless movie that's 53 minutes long and it's on our YouTube. And I, I loved it. It's 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 awesome. It yeah. is so good. It is so retro and mm-hmm. kind of corny, but like. For me as a little kid, it was like an introduction to murder mystery. Oh, yeah. I, I loved, loved it. it. I'm on the record of saying I'm going to fully steal a few things that they did for things in the future because I love it so much. Yeah. So watch the actual MathNet episode on our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash at GTTU. Mm. Just look it up on YouTube mm-hmm. and then watch us watch it on uh, our Patreon show. Yeah, it's amazing. Hell yeah. All right. So... Let's jump into some current events, William, that partially like spurred us on to do this episode because we were about to record, I guess, last week. And uh, Ah, I I saw a headline that said, like, head of Pentagon says alien mothership may be sending pods down to Earth. And I was like, what? Excuse me? So I tried looking it up, but we were about to start. So I just had to, like, compartmentalize it. But I looked it up now and it's. I mean, even before the episode started, we were like, it can't be that big a deal or else everybody would be completely yeah. freaking out. When Kristen yeah. said this to me before we were going to record, and I was like, uh, I don't hear like screaming upstairs. Like, I, I don't right. know. I, I feel like somehow. And again, if the world's not the way it used happening. to be. Yeah. I know. There's a funny thing. I don't think anyone's <laughs> talking about this, but they should be. Uh, in Scream 6, mm-hmm. no spoilers, there are multiple scenes where they go like, oh my God, guys, look. And they gesture to the TV where some guy is being like, I'm standing here where Ghostface attacked people. It's like, are we supposed to believe these friends were watching the news together? What's going <laughs> That's on? That's totally true. Yeah, It's they so funny. But it, it is the funniest. I, I assume that anchor is somebody. Yeah, yeah. To, the, to someone. It is very funny whenever they cut to this man. It's multiple <laughs> times in the movie. Hello, again. it's me again. They always watch me. They binge watch my news reports yeah right but like well, i would expect that we would hear ali upstairs be like it's all over the tv yeah that'd be a humongous there's a deal. mothership above the pentagon but still just the freezing of alien mothership from pentagon i was like what the hell could this be uh so i've i've looked it up since then and here's the deal it's that they said that it is possible and just like literally it doesn't even mean like maybe it's happening they meant it is like physically possible. possible. Yeah, right. exactly. So this was in a, a a draft of a report that was drawn up by Sean Kirkpatrick, uh, who is heading up the look into UFOs for the Department of Defense as the director of the All Domain Anomaly Resolution Office, which I guess Come is on, the man. less cool Project Blue Book. That's that is public now. That stinks. They, they need Project like, Blue Book is so much cooler. Project Bluebeard. Project Bluebeard. Project Bluebeard. Mm-hmm. Looking into old ship pirates and, That's and true. UFOs, baby. Splashing some blood on an egg. Isn't that one of the things that happened in Bluebeard? Probably. I think that like <laughs> I think there was like a room or something that one of the wives went into and had an egg in it and then he killed her and blood got on it. It's like a formative memory from my childhood. Really? I, I don't know yes. anything about it. Yeah. Um th- say the name of the organization again if you don't mind. It is the All Domain, the All Domain Anomaly Resolution Office. 
Or Adaro. I don't know if anybody calls it that, but... Adaro. A-D-A-R-O. Yes. That sounds like in the first Iron Man, mm-hmm. there's that guy Adaro that's like... Iron Man so much. <laughs> because Iron Man slaps. Hell yeah, it does. <laughs> because there's that guy, Agent Coulson, he keeps being like, I'm from the strategic homeland information, yeah. excellent, you know, love it department. Right. We're calling it S.H.I.E.L.D. for short. Yeah, yeah, yeah. S.H.I.E.L.D. When you rattle off that... that it sounds like it would be something like that, but it's Adaro. Adaro. Why it should be called like this? like the strategic homeland aerial recognizance team. What is that? Shart. <laughs> yeah, I'm part of. Um, Maybe that's what we're part of. I'm supposed to have a badge for it. I took it off and threw it away. Um, <laughs> no big deal. I'm not going to tell you what it's called. Yeah. I'm not going to tell you what we call it. Don't even worry Don't about, worry about it. it. Uh, so yeah, it's this guy and Abraham Loeb, who's the head of astronomy at Harvard. Uh, <laughs> what? I don't know. Abraham. Abraham Loeb. Loeb. Sounds like Amadeus Chode. It's like a fake name. <laughs> Abraham Loeb. Abraham Loeb, William, put some respect on his name quite literally. That's what they called him in elementary school, and you know it. Definitely. <laughs> Abraham Loeb. Abraham Loeb. Um, and he, I wrote he's the head of astronomy. I, I hope Ryan Sprague doesn't listen to this and find out what he's gotten himself into. I was thinking that, actually. <laughs> I was thinking the same thing. Like, like, this not... is like a goofball program where we try to learn stuff and have fun. He's like a, he seems like a, a nice, chill guy. We actually swapped with him in the past. Yeah. So he vaguely knows what he's getting okay, into. All right, all right. He seems like a nice guy. Um, so... I just went from shirt to load to a- Amadeus Chode in By about four way, seconds. Me saying that he seems like a nice guy means nice people would like this. I, I hope nice people like this. Yeah, yeah right. <laughs> he's nice, so he'll like our <laughs> he'll load like it, jokes. Yeah. Um. <laughs> anyway, I know Abraham Loeb yeah, yeah, is yeah. very interested in um in like extraterrestrial stuff because there was stuff about him that I saw online, but I guess he's also the head of astronomy at Harvard. So they wrote up a paper together on the physical constraints of UFOs. Okay. So that is where this thing about the mothership came in. They were talking about whether it would be possible, you know, based on who, I don't know, air pressure. I I don't know, but would it be possible for it to get in? Uh, they said that a mothership could blast off tiny crafts like blowing on a dam dandelion and even the james webb telescope might not catch them and then i wrote i'm gonna be honest i don't really understand what i was reading it's a combination of technical terms and alien stuff making me kind of sleepy but anyway it was a proposed scenario with the phrase alien mothership in it so a bunch of news outlets grabbed onto it of course that's basically the whole thing and then i was curious about what the deal is about adaro uh, so I looked into that a little bit more and it turns out it was formed not super long ago in response to all of those UAP reports. That's what the government now calls UFOs, which makes them less fun. Yeah. Un- unidentified aerial phenomenon rather right. than unidentified flying object. Right. Right. Um, so they, they made it in response to after like that video was declassified in 2017, that famous like Tic Tac video. Then they got a ton of UAP reports they needed to form a formal branch to look into them that isn't just like X-Files randos and to also destigmatize people coming forward about these incidents in the government, which I think makes sense. I, I think that's a, a great thing. Yeah. I, I, I have issues of skepticism in this arena and you described it yeah. wonderful. Sometimes it just makes me sleepy. 
Yeah. But I, I firmly it's like believe. It's sometimes interesting. Sometimes mm-hmm. I'm just like, it's getting into the technical weeds. And like, uh, it's yeah. just, it's just, so, we've talked about it a million times. It's just Even, so vague and I out know. there. Even the mothership thing. Like, mm-hmm. like last week when you were like, did you see? Yeah. Someone said mothership, Pentagon, what? Mm-hmm. There's a, like the, the most of my brain goes, eh, going to turn out to be nothing. Yeah. It's pro- I, I, same. I'm just like, it's probably fine. I, I just can smell that it's going to turn out to be nothing. I am. Has you know what I am? I'm the guy at the beginning of an alien movie that's like, huh, aliens, I don't think so. Yeah. And then an alien like then you're ain't get me. Eaten by- yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You, you know what I mean? But like just to set the groundwork, like that's who I am with aliens. Yeah. It's like statistically, is it likely? Yeah, probably. There are mm-hmm. probably aliens out there. I don't know, everybody. I, a lot of this stuff gets in yeah. the weeds and then I get sl- it, it's like like Barney and Betty Hill losing time. Right. It's like I, all of a sudden I blink and I'm like, I haven't been reading the last five paragraphs. I know. I feel the same. I it, It's hard to exactly quantify. It doesn't really matter when I'm like activated a little bit and I'm in it, but it's it's not always. But I'm still drawn to it. Mm-hmm. I want to. I want. It's interesting. It's like Mulder and Scully, too. Mm-hmm. I want to believe. Yeah. Too boring. I know. I would <laughs> but believe I want. if it weren't so boring. Yeah. I know. It's It's similar to... The thing with, um, you know, cryptids and mostly Bigfoot, where sometimes people get super, super scholarly because they don't want to seem ridiculous. Right. Yes. Um, I feel like a lot of ufologists or people talking about these things get really technical to sort of show they're bona fide. So yes. you can't write them off as a crackpot. Totally agree. But then it just becomes boring. It I becomes would much, a messaging issue. I'd much rad- rather hear from the crackpot. Explain it to me like I'm five. Mm-hmm. Um, and make me feel like this is important to know. Yeah. 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 Um, so there's an NPR article about the Adaro that was written not that long ago, just in January 2023, that said that the department has received 366 incident reports since its formation in March 2022. Of I thought this was interesting because it reminded me kind of of the Roswell thing that we talked about a few weeks ago. Of those 366, they investigated and they found out that 163 of those were either balloons or balloon-like entities. That's a pretty big number to be balloons. Wait, I'm sorry. What's a balloon-like entity? Because <laughs> I, I think they need to drill further into that one. Yeah, that's a UFO as <laughs> a far as A balloon-like entity? I'm assuming that maybe means like weather balloons and stuff that maybe are not in perfect balloon formation, but they like float. I don't know. Maybe. I, I don't know. I'm, I'm pretty alarmed by that one, if I'm being honest. <laughs> uh, 26 were drones and six were clutter, which is garbage or birds, which is re- disrespectful to birds, I think. Gar- yeah, it's indistri- they're indistinguishable from each other. Garbage or birds. Yeah, and they're just called clutter. Right. Um, so I crunched the numbers, and that means that a little over 53% of the reported sightings have an, er- have an earthly explanation which is actually less than i would have thought that it, it reads to me almost like only 53 percent of these you can totally write off right. i'm surprised the number isn't higher totally um you would think you would you would, it would be like 99 percent turn out to be balloons but yeah. that one percent what is, is very that? what's up with the one percent but so that means there's 47 percent that's like what's up with this that's pretty crazy that's yeah. a pretty big chunk um so there were two journalists at a press conference about this who asked if anything suggests that uh, anything outside of that 53% is extraterrestrial, and they were told no, um, but they were told no. Does that uh, mean it's no? Yes. Huh. 
I have questions about that. I have no questions. It means hmm. there are no aliens in that report. Hmm, very... It means it means that 53% are balloons or things that remind them of balloons. Mm -hmm. And the other 47% are not aliens. So uh, it's just uh, junk and birds. Liam, the truth is out there in that 47%, you stooge. <laughs> uh, so the NPR article ends with, I thought this was kind of fun, quote, in a passage that might tantalize or simply annoy UFO enthusiasts, the new report states, quote, additional information is provided in the classified version of this report. Yeah, great. Yeah, a cliffhanger at the end of your report. Yeah. That's basically the equivalent of being like, sign up for Patreon to see the rest of it. <laughs> Become an agent to see the confidential version. Basically. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they're like, yeah, it's like mostly balloons. Sure, theoretically, an alien mothership could come. Um, there's some more stuff, though, that you can't know about. So anyway. You can't see. Yeah, yeah sorry. Yeah. It's on my OnlyFans. <laughs> yeah. Kristen, OnlyFeds. Only. Oh, that's a shirt. It's on my OnlyFeds. <laughs> That's a sure the confidential right report <laughs> about dirt and birds, right? And balloon like entities. Right. That's seriously, that seems like a that's like an SCP entry, like, yeah, the balloon like entity. It yeah, has all the physics of a balloon, and yet somehow it's alive, and yet it's not. Yeah, it's not a balloon. I know it's very weird, <laughs> despite everything your senses tell you. That's not a balloon. <laughs> That's crazy. What a crazy thing to be dropped in there. Balloon-like entities. I know. I bet there's somebody who's like a scientist who's like, that means a whatever. But I know. No, I'm sorry. Uh, UFOs, UAPs, and BLEs. What is up with the BLEs? Yeah. You know what I know what's up with? The BLTs. Oh, delicious. That I can answer. Uh, okay. So yeah. as far as entertainment things around Betty and Barney Hill, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, we've got something coming at us, actually. It was just announced this past December. There's going to be a new B&B uh, &B drop? Yeah, there is. By B&M. Barack and Michelle. What? Bitch. Are you kidding me? No. Um, Barack Obama and Michelle Obama's production company mm. is producing a Netflix movie called White Mountain about the Betty and Barney Hill incident that it seems wow. like will be released maybe late 2023 or early 2024. That's crazy. I know. It's pretty interesting. <coughs> and gives it a degree of pedigree. Like the reputation should be yeah. positive that it's coming from a former president. Well, I think it's not impossible. I don't know. I'm just sort of wondering. But people also look at this incident because it was a um, like a representation in the media that didn't happen a whole ton of an interracial couple because Barney Hill was black and Betty Hill True. was white. So I wonder if there's going to be any sort of like sociology sort of like bent to it, kind of Maybe. looking at that. I don't imagine that's just going to be like a sci-fi schlock doc or something. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Refl refreshingly, I, I didn't see anything in my research. I'm not saying it's not there. I'm sure yeah. it's there. But in my research, it's not like people were like, we discredit them because they were an interracial couple in the 60s and that went against our norms or something. I didn't see Yeah. That. No, I haven't seen anything about that. Just sort of, just the visibility of it. I guess I've just seen people say like notably yeah. it was like 1961 or 1965 when it went public. Mm -hmm. And I guess it's just, you know, weirdly something that you didn't see like in the newspaper a lot, even though you might just pass them in the grocery store or something. Yeah, totally. Um, I, I do know that James Earl Jones played yes. uh, Barney Hill in a TV movie. Mm -hmm. Yep. It was called The UFO Incident. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm biting off of your... It's fine. There's yeah. not a whole lot to say about it. Um, the entire thing is on YouTube, actually. Oh. So you can check it out. Just like MathNet. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you can have a double feature. <laughs> 
And uh, it has like pretty mixed reviews. It doesn't have a whole lot of reviews on Amazon. The reviews are mostly about the DVD not working. Great. Um, but um, I, on IMDb, it kind of goes from like nines and tens, people really loving it, to like twos and threes of people being like, it's really boring. It's like barely about UFOs. It's like about their relationship and their friends' reactions to it. So I guess that's also part of why I was wondering maybe the White Mountains movie will be kind of about their relationship somewhat or something. Yeah. I don't know, because it sounds like the TV movie sort of focuses on that. That's the big shock route, because there's a kernel of an event that perhaps happened. Mm -hmm. And then, like many things, a lot of the, the Betty and Barney Hill story is the ephemera around it. Yeah. The direct aftermath for them... The idea of having the dreams and are they accurate representations of what happened? The hypnosis, can that be believed? It's all of the other people being involved stuff yeah. that this turns into. Yeah, I mean, it sounds interesting. Like, you know, you're telling your friends about that. What do they think about it? Like, yeah, yeah. all that stuff. But like I said, I mean, a lot of people on IMDb, or not a lot, but some people criticized it for that. And it was like, it's kind of boring. It sort of like drags or whatever. And then I found a review that I thought was quite suspicious. And I'll explain to you why after I read it. It's going to sound quite boring, but only take a moment. Great. Uh, this, <laughs> this just says, my comment on the UFO incident. I first viewed this movie several years ago on a cable television channel. I was so pleased with the acting abilities, abilities of James Earl Jones and Estelle Parsons, who played Betty and Barney Hill, that I sought the movie to tape record it. I'm still trying to catch it. The impression it made on me was a strong one. It was full of highly emotional drama, and it made me respect James Earl Jones all the more. Estelle Parson did a wonderful job playing the wife. Both characters were stretched and there was a lot of dialogue. Not too much action. But there really <laughs> wasn't need for action when you're glued to the screen waiting to hear what the characters will say next of their traumatic incident. The dialogue and outpouring emotions was the action. This is a wonderful movie. I'd really like to see it again. Okay, here's the thing. All of the W's that appear in the words in this review are made out of V's, like in The Witch. What? Like the Vavitch. Oh my God. So, was this written by an alien who doesn't know about the W key for some reason, <laughs> and so they had to improvise by stringing two V's together? You're so close, Kristen, and yet so far. <laughs> Maybe they want to get the word out about their existence, and so that's why they left such a positive review. Get the word to out? To encourage people to watch the movie... Get the word out? I don't think so. Get the vavert out. You're right. Get the vavert out. Yeah. So that's what I think. Kristen's so close, so far. Two Vs. Uh-huh. That doesn't sound like an alien. That sounds like a demon. Oh, my God. Oh, the horns. They form the horns. The You're w, absolutely right. W on the forehead forms the horn. Or it could be that you're a square L7 weenie. <laughs> Oh, oh no, I'm an L7 weenie. Uh -huh. Oh man, they called me that decades ago. I was hoping people forgot. They got us. You got me. Damn it. Wow. So what Is did we learn today? On? Quite a bit. Did we? <laughs> well, we sure heard a lot of words. <laughs> and sometimes that's all you need. And it took a while. Uh-huh. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us. It, I... took, it took longer than we thought it would, to be honest. Oh, quite. Uh, all right everybody yeah. thank you so much yep. again we did this in 10 minutes uh <laughs> what remember i said like the way i described this story in episode 74 oh, yeah, yeah, is so yeah, yeah. tight and efficient 
<laughs> we just took 10 minutes and stretched it into 70. Just like the alien reviewer said they stretched their emotions. You're right. Mm-hmm. Also, I thought it was interesting that re- that reviewers, like I saw it on TV, it made such an impression. Yeah. Never found it again. That's like them seeing the alien. It's like, I encountered right. something. I don't know what I saw, but whoa, 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 whoa. I'll remember it forever, it but I'll never see it again. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. The beat goes on. Absolutely. La-di-da-di-dee, la-di-da-di-da. <laughs> All right, everybody. We are going to leave you alone now. <laughs> um, check out the Somewhere in the Skies podcast. Yeah, Might be absolutely. a little more knowledgeable on the topic, but. Oh, oh surely. I bet they don't talk about. Uh, Sharks. What, uh, uh, Reginald Loader. <laughs> Oh yeah, Abraham Lode. Abraham Lode. Yeah, <laughs> that's a no, that's a good name. Poor bastard. All right, everybody, uh, check out our Patreon, Patreon.com/slash/gttupod. Mm-hmm. Have a good time with us. We're always celebrating spooky stuff. Um, definitely, actually learning stuff along the way. Yeah, and that Patreon is jam-packed with activity yes um some fun stuff coming up too so Mm -hmm. get into it um follow at gttu pod on all social media to keep up to date with us even follow us individually yep i'm at chillin Kristen. i'm at the myth traveler so we'll see you next time everybody for another weird spooky hangout but until that time comes we must travel back to the netherworld go we Off to Zeta Reticuli, no doubt. No doubt. Except later on, the person who found that said, I think I'm wrong. Probs not. Oh, well. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.